And here's what we learned last week. We went to Genesis, and we saw that God said, hey, there's no sin in this world. Uh, you, can, you can have dominion. You can have uh, you know, free reign. You're going to name the animals. You can eat of every except for that one. And what God was doing was God was setting boundaries. And so boundaries was God's idea. Boundaries is God's idea. And so when God said, hey, we need boundaries in a sinless world, how much more do we need boundaries in a sinful world, in a broken world? And so boundaries was God's idea. Boundaries was God's idea. And we learned last week that what boundaries do is that boundaries define who I am, right? This is me, and this is where I I end, and this is where you begin. Boundaries help me to define what is me and what is not me. Boundaries is never a punishment. Boundaries is never going like, I'm putting this here because you did this. No, a boundary is who you are. But then last week, we also learned that we have healthy gates, but also hurtful walls. So if we don't realize, a gate helps us to keep the good in and the bad out. And we learned that a lot of times, if we don't have healthy boundaries, many times our boundaries become hurtful walls. And when we have a hurtful wall, we say, ain't no one getting in here because I was hurt one time. I mean, the church hurt me. Relationships hurt me. A dating relationship hurt me. I've been hurt before. And a lot of times we do life like this. Like, like I don't know why I'm not in community, you know. I don't know why I don't have relationships. I don't know why I'm this way. Because of hurtful walls, we don't have healthy gates. And so we learned that last week. But I want to turn to Matthew chapter 23, and this is what we learned last week. They said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said, you shall love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The second is love others, love people. But if we have walls up, we have a hard time giving love and receiving love. We have a hard time giving love and receiving love. And I love this in 2 Corinthians, it says this, we Freely to you, Corinthians, our heart is wide open. You're not restricted by us, but you're restricted in your own affections because you have a wall up. And so in return, widen your heart. Another translation says, in return, open your heart. Can I just encourage you, if you have a wall up and you're on a healing journey, especially listening to the message last week, I want to encourage you, as that wall begins to come down, we are to have thick skin, but man, we got to have soft heart. We gotta have a soft heart and say, Jesus, keep my heart from being hardened. Keep my heart from being hard. But in the spirit of Valentine's Day, right? Valentine's Day is tomorrow. We got some stuff to do, you know? Uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. But I wanna encourage you. A lot of times we see boundaries as punishment. But I want you to know boundaries are not selfish, boundaries protect love. And this is hard for us when it comes to family, when it comes to friends, when it comes to church. We think that if I'm putting boundaries up, I am being selfish. But really, boundaries helps us to protect love. And I love this. Boundaries protect what is most important. You're the most important person in your life, but also them. And so boundaries protect you, and boundaries protect them. Because boundaries is Because boundaries is love. I'm holding this thing any which way I can. Come on, I'm doing my best, right? Boundaries is love. How many know when you have a good sermon or a good service or a good church day, the enemy tries to do whatever he can. Come on, somebody, right? All right. And so boundaries protect what is most important, you 
and them. So here's what I want you to do. Go to Luke chapter 10. And I want to read this portion of scripture. And this is Jesus. And Jesus is telling a story. And I love, he's telling a story or a parable. And this is something I've never seen before in all my years of ministry. So Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among the robbers who stripped them and beat him and departed him, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, another religious person, he came to the place and saw him, and he passed by on the other side. How many remember the story from Sunday school, right? Passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. There's something about that word compassion. A lot of times you a lot of times you have compassion because you were once in their shoes. And so he had compassion. He went and he bound up his wounds. He poured oil and wine on his wounds. I don't know about the, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not, don't be pouring wine on people's wounds. Like, I got to now, there you go, you know. Then he set him up on his own animal and he brought him to an inn, hotel, motel, holiday inn, and he took care of him. He took care of him. And I love this. And the next day, he took out two denarii, denarii, and he gave them to the innkeeper. He said, here's some cash. Here's Apple Pay. Here's a credit card. And he, and he said, take care of him, and whatever you spend, I'll repay you when I come back. I'll repay you when I come back. Which of these three, Jesus now says, proved to be a neighbor, proved to be the most loving person. He loved God, but he loved his neighbor as he loved himself. And they said, well, the one who showed him mercy, the Samaritan, and Jesus said, you go and do likewise. I've, I've always known this story. We've used this story for serving, for loving people, but I've never realized that in this story, the Samaritan said to the innkeeper, take care of him, whatever he spends, I'll come back and I'll repay you. The bill's covered. I got the bill, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. There's something about pre-planned boundaries that helps you actually do more than it is to do less. He had a boundary, and his boundary was, I'm going to help him, I'm going to pay for it, I'm going to put him in the end, I'm going to pour oil and wine on his wounds, I'm going to help him out, but I have some stuff to do too, because here's what I love about boundaries, we are responsible to others, but also we're responsible for ourselves. I'm responsible to you, but not for you. What would this parable be like if that man who's laying there with the wounds all bandaged in the hotel inn and the Samaritan said, hey, I got to go because I have to go to Jericho and I got to do some business. And when I do that business, that business money so that I can pay for what you're doing here at the end. But what if that uh, young man or whoever he was didn't have any boundaries? And because he didn't have boundaries, he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you so much for paying for this. Thank you so much for getting me into the end. But can you just stay here? I don't want to be alone. Will you just stay here and hang out? And what if he manipulated the situation and kept the Good Samaritan in that room? 
What did the good Samaritan stay from not one days or two days, but he stayed for three days or four days? And all of a sudden he got a, a you know, a telegraph, you know, a, you know, sent to him. And because there's no, there no cell phones back then, kids, you know, and a telegraph sent to him and said, hey, I waited for you for two or three days in Jericho, but you didn't show up. So I got, I brought my business elsewhere. And all of a sudden the good Samaritan, from a good Samaritan to a resentful Samaritan. Because he didn't, he infringed on his boundaries. I want you to know boundaries define what is my job, but also what isn't my job. And I want you to know we are not being unloving when we set boundaries. But so many times in a relationship, any relationship, dating, friendship, even family, even in a family, I want you to think that a lot of times we think giving up a boundary to get love is healthy. But we have to understand that giving up boundaries to get love is not healthy. Because when you give up a boundary, you're giving up your identity. When you give up a boundary, you're not protecting what's most important, and that's loving you and loving them. And it's so hard for us to be able to dissect that in our own mind. God how am I? I've, I've, I've even seen, uh, uh, man, the revelations we've had in this past week. I'm seeing revelations in my own life where I'm saying, man, you know, a lot of times we think this is ministry. And I'm learning, you know what, there's some areas that's my job, and there's some areas that's not my job. There's areas that this is me, this is who I am, and there's areas where this is, where this is who you are. And I love the illustration of a fence because a fence is in a wall. I mean, in Vegas, we got walls, all right? I pay for cinder blocks to raise my back wall, all right? Like, like I want my privacy, but I love that this is a boundary because you, we can still be in communication and we can still have conversation, but we're still in our boundary lines, our property lines. And I love Romans chapter 7. It says this here. And so, for, for we know that the law is spiritual, but, but I'm of the flesh and I'm sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. And this is many of us in this world. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Is that anybody in this room? Because my hand's raised here, right? Like, I want to do, I know what to do, but I can't do it. Because I do the things that I hate. Why is that? Because we are always have that tension between our flesh and our spirit. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep undoing. But there's many reasons for that. A lot of times, we just let this happen. A lot of times, we just say, you know what, I, 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 I'm born into this. You know what? This is just how my family is. We're going to be talking about marriage in this uh, collection of talks. And, and for many of us, we, we just join into a holy matrimony with your childhood unspoken rules. And they join with their childhood unspoken rules. And next thing you know, you're fighting over who takes out the trash. Because you don't know who you are, and they don't know who they are. And so that's what the Bible does. Boundaries is all about who you are in Christ Jesus. Who am I? But a lot of times we think boundaries are inherited because if we don't take the time to build our boundaries, then we'll begin to live with our inherited boundaries. And so I want you to know this. Boundaries are not inherited. They are built. We have to build. It's a good place to clap. Come on. 
A lot of times we think, oh man, what? And, and, and if we are living our life based upon someone else's boundary, you're not living your life. You've got to have, you have to build your boundary. And some things that happens when we don't build our boundaries. Number one, if we don't build boundaries, then we're not setting limits. And so if I put a boundary up, I'm actually setting a limitation up. And so here's what happens is when we set limits, we set limits, we risk losing the relationship. And for many of us in this room, this is where it gets hard. I'm teaching today. Am I doing good teaching? Good teaching? Good teaching? Good teacher? For many of us, we, we, we won't put up a boundary. We won't say, hey, this is me. This is where I end. This is where you begin. But we're afraid that when we set that boundary, we're going to risk losing that person. I'm here to tell you if, you, risk, if you do lose them, they weren't a healthy person for you. Amen? But we, when we don't set limits, we remain a prisoner to the wishes of, one another, of, of, of another. Now, I always want to change this word because sometimes when we see prisoner, we're thinking like the most unhealthy relationship. But a lot of times it's not even that. A lot of times it can be, uh, forgive me, but it could be like mom or dad stated at once upon a time, I'm going to be this. And now that I'm an adult, I'm a disappointment because I am not what they put in my life. For many of us, we say, hey, I love you and I love this, but God created me uniquely. I have a limit. I have a boundary. This is who I am. So when you lose your boundary, you lose your identity. And man, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. We'll say, well, pastor, you know, for many of us, we'll never let a friend cross a boundary or a coworker. Can I get an amen, right? Like my name was on that Tupperware with my life, my wife's enchiladas. You know what I mean? That's a major boundary. But for many of us, we'll never allow a coworker or a friend to cross our boundary. But when it comes to family, we give them free reign just because they're family. And I love, I even love my, my in-laws. They attend this church. They serve at this church. We have healthy boundaries. We have healthy boundaries. And so I want you to know, sometimes you might go through a season where you got to separate yourself. I call it mafia, right? You know what mafia is? You slowly back off. All of a sudden, you're not at every function, you know. But I want you to know, separating boundaries actually protects our love. Because we're taking a stand against the things that destroy love. See, when we don't have a boundary, it's someone that's unhealthy, infringes upon your boundary. They think it's okay and normal because they don't have boundaries. And what happens is you become the resentful, and you become the resentful Samaritan instead of the good Samaritan. But here's what I want. A lot of times we're preaching on this thing and, and we leave here and we're like, yeah, hey, mom, dad, your husband, wife, friend, neighbor, right? I got boundaries. Here's my limitation. This is what it is. Before you do that, I want you to understand they have boundaries too. They have boundaries too. And so we have to communicate that. We have to identify that. But here's the whole deal. When we grow up with inherited boundaries, many times our inherited boundaries become dating boundaries. And we go into a dating relationship. You know what's funny to me? We'll, we'll uh, research uh, buying a house. How do I buy a house? 
How do I save up money? How do I, how do I get credit? And, you know, I got to talk to a realtor and I, I got to do all these different things. Or if you're going to get your job, what kind of benefits do they have at this job? You know, do they got insurance? Hello. You know, ain't like, like how much are they paying me? You know, I ain't going to work there because it's not going to be, it's not going to pay me as much as it used to pay me over here. And, and we do all this research, but when we get into a dating relationship, we just wing it. Right? We're just like, this is good. Oh my God, they like me. What's your, only, what's, your, what's your requirement for someone dating you? They like me. I might be speaking from experience. I like you, you like me, you know? But here's the problem. When we take our inherited boundaries and they become dating boundaries, we get hurt. Because we don't know who I am and I don't know what it looks like to be in a healthy dating relationship. We're going to talk about marriage, like I said, but a lot of times those unhealthy dating relationships become unhealthy marriages. And can I just tell you, if your marriage is unhealthy, God can make it healthy with the same person. <laughs> he can make your same marriage healthy again. But if we have inherited boundaries they become dating boundaries. We put up dating walls. We put up dating walls. And here's, I'm going to go real quick, but here's some dating walls that we put up. We get hurt. Happens once. Shame on me, right? Uh, happens once. Shame on you. Happens again. Shame on me. And this is what happens is we put up the wall of I'm not going to date. I'm not going to date at all. Go ahead. Put that up. I know you're scared. Right there. I go. Not dating. But I want you to know boundaries are not walls. You should date. If you're over 18, thank you, Lord. You feel that? I felt the presence of God right there. I felt the Lord right there, right? If you, if you, if you, if you cannot drive, you cannot date. Can I get an amen, somebody, right? Ah, oh, I felt that one, right? If you live in your parents' basement, you cannot date. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I know. But for many times, for us, we go, forget it. I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt relationship. You know what dating is? Dating helps you to know what kind of person you would compliment, right? That you can help. But for us, we got to be complete in Christ first. We got to be complete in Christ first. And here's a lot of times what happens is we, we date from hurt instead of values. And boundaries helps us to establish our values. And for many of us, and I'm not, there's, there's, there's types of hurt. Sometimes we'll slide back into the, 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 the same hurting relationship with a different person. But it's the same type of hurtful relationship. But more often than not, sometimes that hurt is internalized. We don't even realize it's hurt, but it's called inherited boundaries. And so we think it's okay. My dad yelled growing up, and my dad threw things and broke things, and so now it's okay to date someone who yells and breaks things when they're upset. That's just what they do. And how many know that is dating from hurt instead of values? As you say, I have a boundary. If you're going to do that, I need Jesus to deal with you. And you got to do what you got to do. But I'm going to walk out of this situation because that is my boundary. And it's okay to set boundaries. And you say, you know what? Boundaries helps me to establish my values. This is who I am in Christ Jesus. This is who I am, and I love you, right? And I like you, but you won't help me. You will not 
make me compromise my values because that's my boundary, because my boundaries is who I am in Christ Jesus. That's so good, huh? Here's the next thing we do. We give too much. See, good boundaries helps you to know how much to give and when to stop giving. How much to give? Well, when? I'm going to start yelling, right? How much to give? But good boundaries, man, they help you to know how much to give but when to stop giving. I have seen relationships go from one person doing it all but the secondary person doing nothing, which means there's freedom without responsibility. Freedom must always be accompanied by responsibility. Relationship is a two-way street. Have you ever heard the term, um, um, I know we're in church, why buy the farm? There you go. Thank you, baby. Thank you, babe. She's going with the cow. She's going with the cow. Why buy the cow when the milk is free? Why commit if I have no responsibility, but they're giving me all the freedom because they have no boundary. It's huge. And this is a generation that says, I don't know, I will compromise all responsibility and I'll do all the work because I don't have any boundaries just so I can receive your love. And that's unhealthy. For one person, when one person enjoys the freedom of dating or the relationship, It takes no responsibility for him or herself. Problems occur. This becomes a marriage. This becomes a a thing that, you know, you're married for for a long time, but what happens is we say, you know what, they're just immature, but they're going to grow out of it. I promise you what you see in the dating relationship is what you're going to see in the marriage relationship. There will no, please do not make excuses for the other individual, but you say, I have a value and I have a boundary. But here's the next thing that happened, control issues. I'm teaching today, control issues. Where love is secondary, but control is primary. If you're in a controlling relationship, I need you to get out of that relationship. And now if you're in a marriage that's a controlling relationship, you need to go to counseling. You need to be able to discuss that, have conversation with that. But you should never be in a controlling relationship because then you'll be like Pastor Jeremy's version of the Good Samaritan. Where we're saying, yeah, but you don't. And I'm going to manipulate you. And I'm going to say things so I can control you. So there's some control issues. But the next one is, and we got a really good program here called First through Fifth Avenue Kids. We love Avenue Kids, right? But there are some sexual boundaries. And this is an area where culture says you don't need any boundaries. Because if you don't have any of these kind of boundaries, then how are you supposed to know who you are? That's only going to create more confusion. That's only going to create more, uh, uh, you know, no boundaries in your life. But we have to have sexual boundaries. What's my boundary? What's my value? Listen to me. If you're a young person, if you're in high school, or if you're a young adult, or you're single, or you're dating, or you're even engaged, you say, my boundary is I love God by honoring God with my body. That's my boundary. First Thessalonians, I love this. First Thessalonians, it is God's will that you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. That is holy and honorable. Not passionate lust like TikTok. 
I, sorry. Not passionate lust like the internet, but who do not know God. Man, do not let those who do not know God tell you what a sexual boundary should be. Amen? And it says, it's the shoes. I must be, I don't know what it is, right? And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of one another. Can I just say this? Maybe if you're in this room today, you've never been a part of a healthy dating relationship. And you've made mistakes and you just winged it and you just got hurt and you got walls put up. Or maybe you're attempting uh, to start dating. I want you to take a picture of this, screenshot this, write this down. But holiness is my boundary. Holiness is my boundary. Thessalonians said, I'm holy and I honor God. I am holy and I honor God. You know what the original Greek word for honor is defined as dignity, precious, high price of value or high esteem? Ladies, can I tell you, you are holy, but you are honored by God? That you are, you have dignity? Dignity is that respect. Dignity is, I am a woman of God. Get your dang hands off of me. I am precious. Man, I am, I am daddy's little princess, and that's Jesus Christ. I have a high price or value. I have of high esteem. Man, I am of honor. And I am here to tell you, gentlemen, you are, you are costly. You are of high price in this room today. That every single one of us, the Bible says we're a temple, not a shack. Take the for sale sign down. I've been bought with a price, and I'm going to honor God with my body. But here's also what happens when we don't have holiness or honor or boundaries. We take shortcuts. We take shortcuts. And boundaries do not tolerate shortcuts, shortcuts in a relationship. I want you to remember to use gradual, well-paced dating, not only to seek love, but also to become more loving. There's a difference between being sexual and being loving. There's a difference between being intimate and being having developing a friendship. There's some good preaching today. Come on, somebody. I was trying to figure out how am I gonna yell and scream? You know what I mean? Like, like how am I gonna sweat today? And you know, like I'm wearing Derek's shirt. I gotta, yeah, you know, I gotta throw that hail Mary. How am I gonna do this? But for many of us, my prayer is we begin to learn how to develop some boundaries. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Boundaries protects love. So what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. Does not boast. Not arrogant. It's not rude. Does not insist on its own way. It's God's way. It's not your truth or my truth. It's God's truth. It's not irritable or resentful. It endures all things. But here's what happens when we don't protect love. We become resentful. We become resentful. When we become resentful, for many of us, we were upset. This, I'm borrowing this fence, okay? When we get upset, not only do we not have a wall, but some of us, we abandon all boundaries. We say, forget it. 
It already happened. I already did it. So why stop now? That breaks my heart because nothing clarifies boundaries more than forgiveness. Nothing clarifies boundaries more than forgiveness. If you're in this room today and you're going, man, I got a wall up in my life or my gate's wide open, or I don't even have boundaries. I laid it down a long time ago because nobody told me. Or I got hurt. It meant nothing will clarify boundaries in your life. Nothing will help you today is for you to pick that wall back up, which is a boundary. I should say this. I, I, I totally said that wrong. I'm going to pick back up my love and my identity and my boundary because nothing helps you to establish who you are than forgiveness. I believe forgiveness is step number one. When we ask God, you know what? Nothing clarifies boundaries more than forgiveness. But I want you to know, a lot of times, you know what forgiveness is? You can put that next screen up. Forgiveness and saying, hey, I forgive you. Have you ever, it's like, a, like you come home and there's a party, or you come home and we had ants here in our storage one, one uh, Sunday morning. We opened up our storage and there were ants everywhere, right? And we didn't say, oh, you could stay. Right? Or you go to a party and you go, oh, you could stay. You could trash my house. That's fine. For us, we got the raid out. For us, we got chemicals out. We sprayed the ants. We got rid of the ants. We cleared the house. And for many of us, we need to realize, hey, I, I'm on a spiritual journey. I, I'm trying to discover who I am in Christ Jesus, not who you say I am, not who I said I was, but who Jesus says I am. And when you develop that boundary, you got to say, hey, I love you. Tom, I'm kidding. I, I love you, but get out. I'm just going to move you out so I can begin to learn what my boundary is, to learn who I am. But here's what we got to do today. Today, I want us to de develop boundaries internally before we install them externally. Because if we install them externally before we install them internally, we're going to hurt people. We're going to hurt ourselves. When we say, Jesus, today, it is time. You know, small groups is launching. And this is so important in small groups. You know, even for guys, we had a uh, small group semester with a basketball team. And it's not due to toast, but we would go play in Summerlin Park. And Peter led the small group. And, and so I went to, one time we went to Summerlin to play basketball. And, uh, and when we showed up, it's, it's, it's our you know, Avenue uh, basketball small group, plus whoever's in the area would play. And even uh, you know, East Side would come all, all the way over to Summerlin. And the time we, we showed up, and they had a fence around the basketball court. And on the, on the picture, uh, uh, there was a sign on the fence that said, uh, we're going to repay the basketball court. And for all of us, we're kind of like, well, they haven't done it yet. You know, and we're here to play. I drove 25 minutes to come play basketball on Saturday morning. And so you, we, we did, because not all of us are from Summerlin. <laughs> we tore the gate down. We, that's fine. I haven't done it yet. And we proceeded to go in and play basketball until security showed up. Yeah. And then I told Peter, don't call me pastor. 
Just call me Jeremy. Just call me Jeremy. Pastor, that Jeremy. So the next week we came back. They didn't do the job yet. Job hasn't even started. That's the Vegas problem. Cones everywhere, no work getting done. But you know what? They have reinforcements around that fence. Chain padlock every which way. You know, they contracted somebody from North Vegas to bring them in. I need you to. But you know what for many of us today, right now, we need to install the fence with forgiveness. Because you walk out of here today, go, nope, nope, hey, uh-uh. Uh, no, no, I have about, this is who I am. That's not love. To say I love you and I've been resentful. I've been hurt. You know, I, I, I just didn't know, but I'm learning in the spiritual journey. And I love Colossians chapter 3. It says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts. Put on kindness. Put on humility and meekness and patience. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Forgive each other. Forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Here's my prayer, and I want to ask you, church, Faith, a lot of times without works is dead. A lot of times we'll sit in our seats and maybe we'll respond and raise a hand or, or maybe we'll walk out of here, but something happens. That I mean, I'm telling you, the enemy goes, no, no, they're getting free. They're, they're, they're going to forgive. They're going to ask Jesus to come in their heart and he's going to get upset. He's going to do whatever he can the moment you leave your seat all the way to your car, to your house, to your work. I want to challenge you today. This is what the next verse says. It says, all, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's time to install the fence of forgiveness. So do me a favor. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray with you real quick. Will you stand with me, please? Every head bowed, every eye closed, have a stand up in your seat. If you're in this room today, I'm going to do three quick things. If you're in this room today, every head, every eye closed, do me a favor. If you're in this room today, and you're saying, Pastor, if my first step is to forgive, it be easier than done. But if that's you today, I just want you to um, raise a hand and say, I need to forgive them. Just raise your hand. I need to forgive them. I need to forgive them. I want you to see their face. I want to see who they are. I want you to say, Jesus, with your hand raised, I forgive them. I forgive them. They hurt me. They harmed me. I forgive them. You might have to say it all day long. I forgive them. You're driving home and you see their face, God, I forgive them. When you wake up in the morning, God, I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. May that be the start of your healing journey. 
Jesus, help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. But the second thing I want you to do, you can put a hand down. Second thing I want you to do, and I want our prayer team to come forward, please. Our prayer team. This is what I really feel like and burdened in my heart to do this morning. Come on up. Come up, prayer team. Really feel burdened in my heart. Joan Daniel, will you guys come up too? Joan, Deb, will you guys come up? Just come pray for people. But this really burdens my heart real quick. Is that in your process of forgiving them, for many of us in this room, for many of us in this room, you have more unforgiveness towards yourself because you're saying, I should have set a boundary. I didn't know who I was. You know, I, I can forgive them, but shame on me because I'm the reason, and you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. And if that's you in this room, we're going to go into a song. And I want you to come up, step out in the aisle, come to the front, come over to our prayer team. They're going to pray with you. It's going to have to be 30 seconds to a minute. But I want you to pray with them. And I want you to say, I've been hurt, but I need to forgive myself. And prayer team, I want you to encourage them to say, say it out loud to you. I forgive me. So if that's you, we're going to start a song. I want you to step out, come to the front. We do what? One or two minutes or so, right? And I want you to step out. I want you to love the Holy Spirit to help you to forgive them and help you to forgive yourself. Go ahead.
Come on, church, raise your hands. Let's worship him just for just a second. Oh, your spirit, I. proud of your church. May this be a season of healing, season of restoration, and a season of, of God doing a work in your heart. I want you to see one more slide. At, that if you know you are forgiven, that clean slate is a powerful new boundary. It's a powerful New boundary. And so I want every eye open and every head up. Because this really is a safe place. Judgment free zone. Because we love you. And God loves you. If you're here today and you're saying, I, I want to accept Jesus into my life. Because it's going to be harder and harder to forgive them or forgive yourself if you don't have the love of Christ. That I can forgive you. Because man, Jesus forgave me. And if he can forgive me, my goodness, he can forgive you. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, will you just leave me in a quick prayer just so I can begin my spiritual journey into knowing who God is so I can find freedom, discover my purpose, and make a difference so I can get involved into a small group? Man, I want you to take that risk into allowing others into your life. If that's you today and you say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I need that clean slate so I can develop some powerful new boundaries. Just raise a hand. Just keep it up this time. Just keep it up. Come on, look at all those hands. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Yes, yes. Anyone else? Just put a hand up. Come on, church. We can clap for that. That's amazing. It's incredible. Yes. Come on. It's incredible. Proud of you, Henry. Let's go. I want everyone to pray this prayer. Say, dear Jesus. Everyone lift your voice. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Thank you for dying on the cross. Say, I repent of my sins. Say, be alone in my life. Say, the best way you know how. I'm going to live for you because I now know I'm holy, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God.